0: Greetings, this is Jason Hill, and this is the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM in Chicago.
1: Hey, we're on. This is Mike Sherrick and Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. It's Saturday, May 23rd, 2020. How are you doing, Jace? One week away from freeing up Illinois. How about that? Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah. did well yeah, yeah did, you, did you get a haircut well, hmm? did you get a haircut no i
0: haven't had a haircut in a month
1: uh, in a month but you've mm-hmm. had it since you've had a haircut since this whole shutdown
0: yeah i cut my hair myself oh you do I, okay. a, I went to target and i bought a pair of i bought a pair of shares and um <laughs> with four different blades and and i i spent an hour and i did a really really good job
1: good that's awesome I,
0: uh, self, I, I practice my philosophy of self-reliance, rugged individualism. There you go. And I cut my own hair. You cut your own hair. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I have not had a haircut in about 12 weeks, and it looks it. you know, so. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> well, I don't have much hair, you know. That's the that's the thing. I started out with not a lot, and then, uh, it, it you know, it continues to be evolving. So. so here we are, man. It's almost the end of May, and we're still in this crazy, crazy, whatever you want to call it, man lockdown
0: well yeah. we're just you know we're in the midst of uncertainty and we're in Absolutely. the midst of a, a pandemic and uh people yeah. have got to adjust their expectations people have got yeah. to um stop pretending and living with illusions that a post-covid future or a post-covid life is going to be the life that they had in the past they had it's before, just,
1: Yeah,
0: it's not going to be the same
1: no it's not we're going to have to there's going to be adjustments and ad- adaptations made yeah? exactly and, and i think I think the sooner we do that the sooner it can there can be we can get back to living I think one of the 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 biggest challenges for me is it seemed like we've kind of suspended living you know and
0: yeah well we have to throw a kind of I think I'm not a very sentimental I get sentimental about two things um my (laughs) mother within boundaries Mm -hmm. and a romantic partner Mm -hmm. those are oh I don't have children so I'm not a sentimental person by nature yeah um but I am sentimental about the one I am in love with, and mm-hmm. about fam, you know, certain members of my family. Sure, absolutely. So we have to throw a nostalgia out the door. Mm-hmm. Can't be too sentimental about life. I don't believe in being sentimental about life. Yeah. And this nostalgia for and 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 reconfigure new ways of living. Yeah. Because the old way of living in a pandemic without um, a vaccine mm-hmm. is is foolhardy. It's 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 ridiculous. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so one of the things that really bothers me is the breaking news that just came out in the, well, it's all of the newspapers, that you know um, U.S. stores mm-hmm. are turning away customers. In the culture wars that's going on, there are a plethora, multiplicity of stores that are turning away customers who are wearing masks. That are, are wearing masks. That are wearing masks. That's putting up signs saying, if you wear a mask, go home. Really? Stores I, I, have not,
1: I have not seen that. Where's that going on? Well, Cause...
0: this one is in the Guardian. So it says in the last okay. few weeks, a spate of American stores have been putting up signs saying, uh, telling customers who wear masks they will be denied entry. The vice president of Kentucky convenience store put up a sign saying no face mask allowed in store. lawyer your mask or go elsewhere and stop listening to Kentucky Governor Andy Bishar. He's a dumbass. Wow. And a lot of stores are encouraging their customers to take off the mask, hug each other, embrace each other. Wow. And yeah, no, this is ridiculous. I think this is ridiculous.
1: No, it, yeah, it, that, I, I didn't know about that, Jay. I because I, uh, it's happened to me about three times. I you know I drive around in my truck, yeah, and, and I've got mask in my truck, and I'll get out and I'll be just absent minded and won't have a mask on, and I'll go to the and you know get to the door, and it says you know customers m- must wear mask, and I go back to my truck, get a mask, go back in, right. I mean, I did it yesterday at Home Depot. I did it at a liquor store a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it was one other time. There are three times. Uh, grocery shopping, you know? Right. And um, and it's just because, you know, I don't like wearing them. I don't wear them in my house. I don't wear them when I drive. I don't wear
0: them. I don't wear them in the house. So you don't need to wear them when you drive. Yeah, driving. and when I'm right. walking
1: around, you know, outside, you know, because I live out in the country. Yeah, I, you know, I don't wear them then. So I don't wear them that often, you know? But I wear them. If, if I'm ever going to run into humans, then I'll wear them, you know? Um. But yeah, it just it's um yeah, I I haven't seen that. And and that that to me is just I think we've got different positions on this. I, I I'm looking at I'm looking at the original projections that came out in March about what this pandemic was gonna look like, that it was gonna be the second coming of the Spanish flu, there were gonna be millions dead and all that. It has
0: still it still could be. We don't know. No, it, it has to some... be a slow incremental look, the virus is changing. I mean, there's so many it now it's well, you know it's it's having effect on young children that we didn't anticipate and we don't know we just we don't know
1: well no I, and that's the whole thing we don't know and and so when when we don't know something there is there's stuff to discover um as opposed to making these the so i, I think what's going on here, there's a there's like first of all i i don't get inspired by fear i i don't i don't hear something when people are, are telling me to be afraid of something it doesn't doesn't get my attention. It it like like what are you trying to do? I, I I get concerned that there's an element of manipulation there, and when I see a lot of the mainstream media and in the and the press that's going well, you know we've got to stay safe, stay home, save lives, all this stuff, and in the 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 event hasn't even come close to the publicity that they were saying.
0: Well, the publicity Mike was an inflated projection by the president no, that had no bearing in reality at all.
1: By the president, I, I thought but it was. The president
0: was the one who put forward the two million.
1: Was it? Well, I, I saw I saw MSNBC, you know, touting you know in March and early April, you know, two to three million dead, and you know everyone comparing to spine uh, to this to the uh, Spanish flu, which was, you know, somewhere in the forty million deaths globally, right? And we're not even one percent of that, and so. I, I listen, this is a horrible event and it's it's not to be um, dismissed in any way. That's not what I'm talking about. But I, I think there's there's like you 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 were talking about there's some discovery and there's some you know, precaution that absolutely needs to be taken. But I, I think our reaction of shutting down the entire economy and and closing stores and identifying workers as essential and non-essential and limiting People to be able to not go to their summer homes and things like that is just a gross overreach. I get it in the beginning. I really do. The first two weeks made perfect sense. First four weeks made perfect sense, but we've got a little bit of track record. I don't know. I don't know. Am I goofy? Am I stupid?
0: No, I think that um, you just have to look at Italy and you have to look at Spain and you have to look at what's happening in Sweden that yeah. had this, this mythology about herd immunity, which is not working in Sweden. And to see that this is no joke. I don't. Anybody I know to, it's not a
1: joke. I know, right? It's
0: a and joke. and one can just ostensibly point to, to 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 the hot the hot centers in this country to realize that, yeah. like New York and and Detroit and Chicago,
1: yeah, to
0: realize that this virus is actually ahead of us. And we were talking before the show that six months ago it did not exist in right. the body of right. a human being. Exactly, it did not exist in any human being on Earth. I know. So to to develop expertise domain and i've been you know in the past few weeks i've just been reading a lot on virology and the history of virologists and Mm -hmm. how viruses have behaved throughout millennia and to to develop expertise domain takes sometimes decades Mm -hmm. depending on the nature of the virus that one is tracking and um you follow in good faith those scientists who have a track record of expertise in in virology and you don't hand over your individuality and you don't hand over your entire autonomy and agency to them, but you in good faith, listen to them knowing that they're doing the best job that they can do. And I think that there is no one metric, one size fits all different states and different communities. uh, Different industries are going to recover in different ways. Yes. Yes. Um, Right. So different industries are going to be affected differently. Some industries are going to require work, work, Police officers cannot work at home, right? right. So some right. some some workers, we know that a lot of American workers can work from home and yeah. we should be incentivizing those companies where people can work from home to work yeah. at home. Police officers, firefighters cannot work from home.
1: Manufacturing companies, construction guys can't work from cannot home. Cannot
0: work from home. No. They have to no. be out there. A- absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And we've gotten to this kind of tunnel vision thinking right. that, you know, opening up the economy means like everybody just like flooding the gates and everybody, yeah. instead of thinking intelligently and rationally and strategically in the midst of a pandemic, well, how do we behave responsibly? Yeah. Who can really work from home? Exactly. And, well, and a lot of people who wants to can. work from home?
1: A lot of people can.
0: You and, don't... Lot of people. and we were talking about this thing now, which really is bothering me because it's, it goes back to this whole thing about affirmative action
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, and bailouts for rich people. Yeah. Where a condition of the bailouts, um, we're discovering, mm-hmm. is, uh, a fic- is, is fixed in a certain way. Yeah, The bailouts are mandated, and the companies, the bailouts are given, mm-hmm. and the companies now uh, can force their workers to come back to work. Yeah. And here's the caveat. We can force you to come back to work, but you have to contractually sign something on the order of, you can't sue us yeah, hold this if Bible. you get sick. And here's the the clinch: if we don't provide you with the requisite protective gear, yeah, that could pro- that could reasonably that we have the means of reasonably protecting you from the virus, you can't sue us. Jay, There's we're going ha- to
1: let's pick this up after the break because this is onto a really big thing, and, and it okay. really is about the, the ethical and moral thing that we want to talk about today. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick, Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap, and we were talking about um, the bailouts and and how. Corporations were forcing their employees to, to uh, come back to work and maybe less than ideal conditions.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, this is just this is this is this should be illegal, right? One can talk about how mm-hmm. unethical it is for private companies yeah. like Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever to say if you have a mask, you can't come in our store. I mean, okay, so one could say, you know, a, your company is an extension of your living room, and you have the freedom to say, well, you aesthetically, we don't want you coming into our store. That's that's fine. No, I don't think it's fine. I think it's unethical. I think yeah. it's bad behavior. It's un-American. Yeah. But this is a question of legality. You're getting taxpayer bailout money. Yeah. And then you're sort of forcing your, your workers to come back to work, and you can provide them with the protective gear. Yeah. We're talking about people's lives that are fixed to a company, and then you sh- you they can't sue you. If you fail to provide them with a the protective gear, that could prevent them from getting sick.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think what you're bringing up, Jay, and being a philosopher, I think it's awesome to bring it up. But I think it's more than a legal issue. I think it's really an ethical issue.
0: It's and
1: both. and yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, it is a legal issue. But I'm not a lawyer, and and uh, uh, I'm not. I, I, I think more importantly, I, I think it's our ethics and the the way we value one another is what creates our legal environment. And yeah. And I think what you're pointing to is we, for the longest time, we've been putting capital above people. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a real opportunity here uh, to put people and our culture and our humanity and our society above capital. And, and what I've done, what I've seen, Jay, is when you really operate at a level of relationship like it's authentic and you care about people, um, the profits come because people want to be there. You know, people people will then give of themselves. They will give their best they can. You know, as opposed to trudge through the day and do minimal acceptable work. You know, and I, that's one way, from a leadership standpoint, you can get the most productivity out of your, your organization. Is really like let you know let people know that we're all in this together. But when you you know sign papers of uh, you know relinquishing responsibility, you know, and uh, and that type of thing, it's just. I just don't you know again I, I don't get it. It's it's often done by bureaucrats inside organizations who don't, don't actually interface with people, but like you said it's 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 just wrong. It's just wrong, you know. Especially when they're being subsidized by the government.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, you've seen the movie Sophie's Choice where yeah. the woman, yeah. It's a work of Sophie's Choice, right? Where people are forced to say my life or a paycheck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's
0: it's a false alternative. It doesn't have to be that way.
1: No, it doesn't. I mean, I thought we got away with that with some of the laws around like mines and some of the manufacturing situations that we're in. You
0: know, I mean, right.
1: part of the reason, you know, one of the challenges in manufacturing is some of the work was really difficult and and um, dangerous. And yeah. you know, through I mean, that was that's why OSHA was created. You know, I mean, you don't hear about guys getting melted at steel mills anymore. Why? That's because right. We identified the problem. We got to the root cause. And we created solutions for it. And you know what happens when you do that, Jay? Those, those facilities actually increase their productivity mm-hmm. because, again, the workers aren't scared. When, when, when you bring in advanced technologies, when you bring in best better practices, when you learn how to remove these variables, and there's no greater variable than injury to a worker, you know, you, you get higher productivity and it's just, it's everybody who is ever been around manufacturing and has an understanding of it knows that.
0: But you and I have talked about this and it's sure. one of the reasons as a philosopher, I'm glad, you know, to that. One of the benefit one of the good things about this show is that yeah. Yeah, in my academic work, I don't get to talk about the American worker. Right. Right. But one thing's one of the, the things that I value about this country yeah. that I don't get to talk about academically. Mm hmm. Is the American worker, Absolutely. and how, and we've talked about this on the show, how the American worker gets treated like crap in this country, yeah, devalued, and you know the the the, the financiers who right. are very important, yeah, and the venture capitalists who are very important because they get things started, right, um, and in some sense need to be prioritized in certain cases, mm-hmm. but the 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 foot the foot soldiers, mm-hmm. right. The buck, pri- the bu- let's call them the buck privates. Yep. Uh, the field soldiers, who get who who win the battle, mm-hmm. and the, for the for the for the, you know, lieutenants and the and the commander in chief ultimately. Yeah. Get stomped upon and get disrespected, and when you have a case like I can't go back to work, one cannot go back to work because, or if one goes back to work, one is completely disarmed. Yeah. One cannot sue one's employers. And it's not that the employer does not have the means to, to provide one with a protective gear. It goes back again to just like cutting corners, yeah. saving money. Yeah. Well, why should yeah. I Why should I give you protective gear when I can use that money to, you know, um, reinv- reinvest back into stocks or something like that? Or right. maybe fatten my own paycheck. Yeah, Something fundamentally wrong with what's going on in this country. When Wisconsin opened, do you, do you know the first thing that people did? They had a story. 200 people flooded mm-hmm. a Target store.
1: Yeah.
0: Without Most of them without wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the first thing that you do is you go into Target. <laughs> like, what, what are you, first of all, what are you buying? <laughs> well, you know, This yeah. kind of crass materialism. Yeah. We're no better than China. We're no better than Japan. Well, you I, know, where, where's yeah. your soul? I mean, you, you run into a Target and you should you should have seen the stampede and people were fighting and no. and, it's and like the organism yeah. that was displayed. No, I, I was horrified.
1: It Jay, there's there's needs to be a, one of the things I was hoping for and I think we missed it. Is there needs to be a higher level conversation about what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be American? What's possible here? This is a country where we can create anything we freaking want to, and. You know, going back to normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I, I, yeah. I want to see us reinvent and recreate and turn this into uh, a country that really is that shining beacon. We have that ability, but it's going to take leadership and it's going to take vision and it's going to take people really sitting down and it's going to begin with each one of us. Like, what is the life we want to live? What is the world we want to create? What's the world we want to leave to our kids? And I know you're not a parent but you deal with kids all the time oh yeah, and and you're leaving a legacy with your work, you know, and, and what's the legacy that we want to leave for our children and for our children's children, you know? And, and, and yeah, go ahead.
0: No, 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 no. no. No, no. And you know, one of the things that I said, I'm not a sentimental person, but I'm a very compassionate person. There's a difference. Right. I, I, you don't have to be all mushy and, 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 and teary eyed to have an ethos of compassion. And so one of the things that, makes teaching so demanding, whether it's face to face or remote, is mm-hmm. that you have you can't treat a class of students as a, a, a mass of as like a, a, a line of of assembly workers. Right. You, know, you have right. to treat each individual as an individual. And so what makes part of my job demanding is that, you know, when a student says to me, I can't hand in the paper on time because you know I, I have got to to, to work extra hours because I'm I'm a first generation mm-hmm. Polish student who's who's helping to support my family. I give that student a deadline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It makes my job more difficult. And and so this this whole thing about the bailout and not providing your your employees with the protective gear really bothers me because and the, the whole thing about you know no masks allowed in the store. Yes, the owner oh, of that cr- store has the legal right, right. But where's your sense of compassion for people who are genuinely not fearful, but just want to exhibit some semblance of caution over, yeah, that, over their lives? That seems. To, where's this? Where's the yeah. sense of like, okay, you know, there's some. Some of my customers are cautious. Some of them are a little bit more willing to take risks. In the name of compassion and in the name of respecting people's different. Fair levels. Yeah. Why can't I have both in my store? I know. In the, middle of a, in the middle of a pandemic. What's wrong with that?
1: One of the things that's making me crazy is, and, and I'm sure this has got to bug you being the philosopher, is it seems like every discussion is binary nowadays, right? Everything is either or. Either or. And you know what? That's both on the fringe ends of the natural distribution curve. Like neither one of those are the solutions. You know, mm-hmm. the solution is somewhere in the middle. The solution comes out of creativity and discourse and consensus. It's not this either or thing. You know, you either have to, you know, stay in your house and be quarantined till the end of time. Or you got to walk around and lick doorknobs and not wear a mask. It, it, you know, <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, where did how did we get into this binary thing all the time? This either orness. What did,
0: when did... Is it always been that way? No, I don't think it's always been that way. I think people, I think as, as the countries become more divided, um, I think it I think it really goes back to the growth of distrust yeah. in institutions. Yeah. And the more distrustful you are, the more you latch on, uh, the more you're willing to drink the Kool Aid yeah. on either side. Yeah. And the more you need to worship, and the more you get locked into an ideological vice. Yeah which makes you less likely to subject your convictions and your beliefs to to meaning tests, to scrutiny. And so I think it's a, it's a growing distrust in institutions. It's a growing distrust in the way that institutions have failed people. Yeah. And so people are just looking for something, some ideology to lock onto you know that what, gives them certainty, that gives them security. Again, Mike, it comes from fear.
1: Yeah, I know, man. As you're saying it, that, all of a sudden, what... You know, I, again, I've said over and over again, I'm not a Trump hater, right? Like, given the alternatives, I'm actually leaning that way. Even with Biden after the stupid thing he said this weekend, I'm like, oh, my God, dude. But um, when I hear you say that, what Trump has done, ever the, op- uh, the opportunist, right? He's, he's latched onto this divisiveness in the country. He's last, latched onto this sphere, and he speaks in absolutes. And so he's got this base of people that are looking at him as kind of a quasi-deity without looking at him critically, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and what's re- he's he's actually a smarter guy than I thought he was because he does this tweeting, which is his PR department, which almost has nothing to do with his actions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, man, oh, man. I He's in such a position where he can actually make such a big difference and he's failing every day and it disappoints mm-hmm. me, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But...
0: So yeah, it, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it's what you ask is a really profound question because it's a fair factor. Because if you really are a confident person and you are yeah. really confident in your autonomy and your yeah. sovereignty, you're not you're not afraid to have other people question your convictions and your beliefs.
1: No, not at all. But if,
0: if you're this cowering, fearful person, you latch on to an ideology that is, yeah. and you and you hermetically see yourself as a closed cool yeah. system.
1: Well, we got to take a break, Jay. We'll be back in two minutes, everyone. This is Mike Sherrick, Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. We'll be back in two minutes. Thank you.
0: Jason Hill here, and I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of Into the Gap, which airs every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 AM and 95.9 FM, the Smart Talk app. Tune in or WCGORadio.com. The podcast is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Tune in, and iHeartRadio. Find it, rate it, and subscribe. If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to my co-host Mike at MikeSchreck at gmail.com.
1: Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, A coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see and has you hear what you don't want to hear so you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Sherrick, founder and president of the Mike Sherrick Group and Mike Sherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in Berwyn, Illinois and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders and in today's world We are all leaders if you or your organization has a big vision, or you know There's another level you can go to please give us a call at 630-643-6336 If you're one of the first three people who call us today You will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debriefing, a $550 value free to you and your organization So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick. This is Jason Hill, and this is Into the Gap. And Jay, uh, on our our, uh, break, we were talking about life in the post-COVID world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, one of the things I've seen is there's uh, the, the contact tracing. You know, yeah. and uh, at first I'm like, yeah, I don't want that.
0: You already have it, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> I hate to tell you, you've been contact traced by Amazon, by Facebook, uh, by yeah, by Google, by, by Apple, uh, by by Apple, by because, Facebook. Yeah. Most Americans are con- voluntarily gave up their privacy. Yeah, and,
1: uh, a long time ago,
0: and said, I want to be contact traced. Uh, yeah. When they when they ratify these social media outlets.
1: Well, when you when you check in when you go to uh, U.S. Cellular Field or, or the Great Rate Ballpark now, and you it's not open now, but when you check yeah. in, it you know I'm at my Sox game, yeah, tell all your friends there. Well, guess what? Everybody else in the world
0: knows where you're at, you know. So, Inclu- including <laughs> the state, the including
1: the state and the government, yeah. And and <laughs> I know, and and so it's kind of funny. It's it you, you know I just I think that's what I think that's part of my. Um, my upset with this whole thing is how much I have freely given away mm-hmm. my own sovereignty mm-hmm. unconsciously mm-hmm. Uh, under Thank the Thank
0: gui- you. Thank you for saying that
1: under the guise of comfort and convenience. Yes. You know, and, and I've been a willing participant in it. And now when JB says, I can't go to the park or I can't do this or I can't do that, I get a little bit pissed. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is I've gave him all the, the
0: ammunition he needed. Yeah. So, and to be logically consistent, why should you be pissed? Why are you more pissed at, 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 at Pritzer when you're oh. not pissed at, at, at Facebook, at, at Mark Zuckerberg for selling all your data metrics oh. to not you personally, but no, to no, someone, no. you know, to, yeah. to let's say you go to a doctor or you go, are yeah. you, are you, you invest in a, you go to a venture capitalist or something, you mm-hmm. want to start up a new company. And they have all your data. No, I know. Your health records. And say, no, you're a health risk, Mike.
1: Well, you you, know? and it's all of these guys of, of convenience. I don't know if you've ever, uh, you know, talked to anyone you're going to do business with. They, they know more about you than you do. You oh,
0: know? I know that.
1: Oh, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, holy cow, you know? Do you know my first girlfriend in high school? You know? Did you know her? Did you talk to her? So, yeah, no, it, it's, it's I think, I think what I'm quote unquote pissed about is how unaware I was that Mm -hmm. it was all going on and how okay I was with it. That's really Mm -hmm. it. Like, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem until it is a problem. It's not a problem until they come and knock on the door and Mm -hmm. and look at whatever you belong to is not. Listen, it wasn't a problem being Jewish in Germany in 1929. Right. Mm -hmm. But then it became a problem. And so, you know, it, it, that's the thing. It's just waking up to that. And, a desire you know we talk about the post covid world a desire to put the genie back in the bottle and that's a very difficult thing to do you i don't know? think you can
0: it, it's been proven uh,
1: you can't but
0: it can't and yeah. i think you know just i think we're i think i think we're heading into a, di- a well we are we are already in a digital pandemic surveillance state yeah since especially since well, two things: post nine one one, with the rise of social media, yeah. especially Facebook. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that exists. So when 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 I hear, I was I heard some talking head, stupid pundit said, "Oh, we're we're heading into the digital pand- pandemic surveillance state." And somebody corrected them and said, "No, we're already. No, we in it. We're already in it. We're just going to see an increase of that, yeah. right? Where you go into your, and especially it, you know, God forbid that we should have you know." A, another spike in the fall yeah. or another spike in the winter, which is quite probable, probably quite likely with, with the risk of opening up the economy and opening yeah. up, this is, this might happen. It probably will happen yeah. that you go to your doctor and the doctor says, well, um, you want to be tested. You have to agree to download an, a GPS tracking and an app that can force quarantine. So that if you, um, you know, uh, become infected, we, we, we know how to track you and we can force you to quarantine, self-quarantine. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, so, so okay, let me ask you this question then. As, as the political philosopher you are, right? If, if we voluntarily have done this already, okay? And, mm-hmm. and, and we're, we're all really engaged in it and, and waking up to it. Some people are okay with it and some people aren't okay with it. How does that play into our constitution? And how does that play into the foundation of what we were built on here?
0: I feel like betray betrayed it, Mike. Okay. I betrayed it. It's just, we've, we've, I don't know that the founding fathers could have envisioned two things. One is the way that a technological society could have usurped the ways in which our basic freedoms and mm-hmm. the basic ways in which the inalienability. In of those freedoms could have been usurped by a massive technological, um, uh, civilization. And to the extent to which individuals Mm -hmm. would have voluntarily valued strategically at times, voluntarily valued certain things over their sovereignty and their freedoms. Yeah. I don't think the founding fathers would have thought that, um, to be updated and to have the latest iPhone, which has more tracking devices on it, mm-hmm. I, I, the consumer would say, you know what, um, this iOS has more tracking devices, has more um, surveillance capabilities and configurations on it. But you know what? I just need to have a new iPhone every two years. So right. giving up some of my basic freedoms and liberties is worth it. Yeah. I don't think they could have envisioned that kind of stupidity Yeah, and that kind of uh, soul, soul giving giving away of one's soul. So it's it's too late. I mean, we have to live with the consequences. Oh, it's it's just a matter of maybe containment and curtailment. But to answer yeah. the question,
1: no, yeah. I mean, what I'm what I'm hearing in this too, Jay, is how um, just by pure ignorance and, and 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 we've had it so good. Mm-hmm. We've had seventy five years. Of virtually no true existential crisis,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. There's been a couple of bumps in the road. There was a recession in 1982. There was a 9/11 thing. There was a recession of 08. But when you really look at it in terms of, of upsetting life, it, it those things weren't that big, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they were inconvenient. And then all of a sudden, you, I don't think our forefathers could have seen. How complacent we have gotten, you know?
0: Right, and the, the other thing too, Mike, is to remember is that the collusion between big business, yeah. and the collusion between business and state should never have occurred. No, you no. know, if you're a true capitalist as I am, and I'm yeah. a consistent one, there yeah. should just like how oh, we have separation of church and state, right? We should have had separation of economics and state. The, the internet. Well, people don't realize that the internet, the, the development of the internet, occurred, especially in the 1990s under the administration of Bill Clinton, yeah. with a massive partnership with government. Yeah. Just how, just like how the government subsidized the Southern Pacific Railroad, mm-hmm. um, and the, the, just the basic, the, the, the California Railroad, railroad system, mm-hmm. the, the Gold Rush, uh, which is a breach of free enterprise in the first place. Yeah. And created a monopolistic system, prevented competitors from coming into the system. The collusion between any time government enters uh, the situation, you're going to have problems. You're Uh, going to have You know,
1: Jay, as you're saying this, I'm getting hair on the back of my neck standing up. And uh, because when I was in construction in the early part of this century, right, uh, a big push was this joint government, uh, private, you know, work, you know, you would yeah. work together. Right. And yeah. the real appeal of it, if you were the selected supplier, guess what? You made a buttload of money, mm-hmm. you know, um, when you would work in conjunction with the government, yes, everybody else got aced out, but you would yes. make, you would make a buttload. There was no, there was no profit like working with the government. That's right. You know, and um, because it takes out all the competition.
0: Exactly. Monopolies are created by government intervention. All monopolies have historically been created by government. Intervention. And,
1: and we've got monopolies everywhere across the board, all through technology. Every every te- technological platform is a, mon-
0: a monopoly. Yeah, whether it's farm subsidies or you name it, it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's well, yeah, it's, it's,
1: and, and you talk about the farm subsidies, yeah. Everybody wants to get on, you know, and get on the the bandwagon with Uncle Sugar because you're going to get
0: paid. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Oh my God.
0: Just follow them. People just need to follow the money. Do their homework. It's all follow
1: the money. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And then and then now you just and then look at the people now. There there are people. So, you know, we're talking about this post COVID thing, right? So companies like Home Depot and um, uh, who's Whole Foods and who's the big Costco, right? These guys yeah. are all hiring like crazy right now, and they can't get people to to come to work for them. Do you know why? Because they're not paying as much as people are getting on unemployment. Mm-hmm. People are making like the equivalent of fifty thousand dollars a year. They're making a thousand bucks a week on unemployment right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so why should they go to work? Okay. You know, if you're going to go to work at Costco for fifteen bucks an hour, or, you know, or or Home Depot for thirteen or whatever it is. You know, why should I, why should I give up my, you know, thousand bucks a week on unemployment? Yeah. And then, and then what's happening then is the government's going back. Oh, let's extend this to the end of the year. We have, we have removed, this is, this is freaking me out a little bit because I'm starting to see the depth of this. So so we're going to have to take a break in a couple minutes, but I really want to start thinking, what's the end game here? What's going on? Because I, I, this isn't making, and it's not making sense because I have a particular construct I see the world through. And this doesn't match up with that at all. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, holy cow, I'm a little bit freaked. So I need your help here, bro. You know? Because <laughs> this is not good news. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is, uh, I thought we were going to be talking about football today. You know? Because <laughs> the SEC is opening up and I get to see Alabama and Georgia and,
0: you know, all my guys. You know? Yeah. Oh, tumbling and
1: and and and. Uh, oh, dude, I'm addicted to football. Come on,
0: you're addicted. I like soccer. I'm not a football guy. I'm a soccer guy. Well, you grew
1: up in Jamaica. You know how to play soccer. Yeah.
0: You know? Well, I don't know. I have two left feet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was forced to play, but I love. I just. I mean, I, I appreciate American football because it teaches you a lot about tactics yeah. you know, and, and yeah. defense strategy. You learn a lot about life through American football.
1: You, you certainly do. It's a, it's a great learning lesson. So, yeah, I, it is. I went to the World Cup in 94, couple, saw a couple of matches. That's when I really fell in love with soccer, but um, haven't don't really understand it. It just looks like a bunch of guys running around kicking a ball. But <laughs> it's, um, so ele- it's so elegant, it, though. It, it is pretty elegant. There's a lot of cool-looking dudes in it. You know, these guys are like great athletes, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I had really cool seats in the 90, The first game in 94. I saw France play the U.S., and I didn't realize how good France was. But anyway, we're going to be back in two minutes as we're watering around talking about football. We'll be back in two minutes. We're, we're going to talk about the uh, post-COVID-19 uh, reality. Hey, we're back. This is Mike Sherrick, Jason Hill. This is Into the Gap. So, Jay, we're talking about the post-COVID-19 yeah. Uh, yeah. reality. Yeah.
0: You were talking— ta- yeah, mm-hmm. you,
1: you were talking last week about um, really what it's going to take to uh, restore vitality and exuberance and, and really unleash, you know, the, the power of humanity.
0: How do you see well, that? Yeah. Well, one of the things I see, I was thinking about, because mm-hmm. um, I, I was, you know, I, I study, I, I'm a philosopher, but I also read a lot of economics
1: mm-hmm.
0: and psychology and anthropology. I, I just try to read a lot in yeah. different fields. And uh, I did take a lot of econ courses. And you know you know who's the biggest... I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for saying this, by the way. <laughs> I'm
1: going
0: to get flacked. But you know who's the biggest persecuted minority in this country? Who? You know who's the biggest persecuted minority? Phenom- it's not black people, by the way. Yeah, who? Small businesses.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, yes.
0: Yes. The biggest persecuted minority.
1: Absolutely, small man. Small
0: business. And we... You know, you know, all this bailout for small businesses, which mm-hmm. I think they deserve. Yeah. Why do they deserve it? Because they're burdened they, they pay so much taxes oh. I, so one of the re- one of the ways that I think we're going to get back on track is for the government to just le- make it let leave small businesses alone stop yeah. taxing them as stop burdening them i have so many friends the one of the reasons i can speak about this is because i have very few friends in academia i don't like academics yeah but I love business people. Mm-hmm. I like some p- practical oriented people. Yeah. And I have so many friends that I went to college with and mm-hmm. I've, I've, I graduated from college in 1991 mm-hmm. who started their who started, so I'm with, you know, I've been with these people for, for over 30 years now yeah. and I've watched them grow their companies and I've watched the, how difficult and how hard it's been yeah. and largely because of the tax burdens yeah. that are levied on them. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna and the backbone of this of this country, it's not Bill Gates, it's not mm. the big corporation. The no. backbone, as you know, Mike, as a businessman yourself, yeah, is small businesses.
1: Jay, right? you're you're so right. I mean, I'm a small business owner, yeah. um, and all my clients are small business owners, and yeah. and I have um, intentionally chosen uh, small business to be the marketplace to which I engage. And yeah. in in when you think it's small business, Jay, it's it's the same passion, and the same intensity, and the same level of risk that the founders of this country operated in. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, they put forth their fortunes and their and their well being in service of creating something and fulfilling on an idea, and and they they provide so much. I, I've got. It's so many good friends that are that are small business owners. And this one guy who is super successful and he mm-hmm. just recently sold his business. Um, but I've known him forever, you know, we went to high school together. And I asked him, what's the thing that keeps him up at night? You know? And you know what he said? He worries about the 40 families that are dependent upon him. Yeah. You know? That's really what that's what that's what drives it for these guys. That's where the decisions are made. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks that, you know, small business owners are greedy and they're this and they're that. They're not. No, you know, and and they don't have the per- protection and the insulation of a large corporation, but, nor do right. they have the momentum.
0: That's right.
1: That's why this stopping of the economy was so harmful for these people. I mean, most guys. I was lucky. I had a really good first quarter, really good, and a horrible April. But if that April would have occurred a year earlier, I would have been mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. I so would so. have been done, and um. It's, it's, it's really it, – and, and, and I don't know how some of these guys are going to come back. I, I do know how they're coming back. They've, for a lot of people, you know, the rent is the biggest burden and salary. So they furlough their people mm-hmm. and they've made deals with the, the property owners. And the property owners oftentimes can hold back a month or two months. But you know, luckily this thing is going to get done soon. But if this would have gone two more months, you would have seen just massive collapses. Yeah. You know? So yeah, you're right. The, oh my God, Jay. The, the small business owners are, you know, they take in the keister constantly, you know. Yeah. And oftentimes it is about the very thing you're talking about. It's about government overreach. It's overregulation. It's taxation out the wazoo mm-hmm. because everyone's getting taxed on a personal level, you know. Mm-hmm. So you've got to pay your personal tax plus the tax that goes to the government. So you're taxed twice. And, yeah, it's just – it's it's tough. And – but here's the other thing and because I, I, I don't want to – I don't want to make – make them victims because there's not one that thinks that way. It's also the way in which you get to be your most authentic self and get to express yourself fully and get to be as free as you possibly can. That's the, yeah. that's the upside of it. And I think that's why most guys do it. That's why I do yeah. it, you know, yes. but yes. you're right. But I, I think you had a point I jumped in cause I got triggered.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think that's, that's right. And I think, you know, one, one of the ways in which we're going to see, especially <clears throat> my kids in the classroom and, yeah. and, and the coming coming uh, up, up and coming entrepreneurs is as the, the development of e-commerce more e- yeah. e-commerce platforms developing yeah. you know especially in the midst of this pandemic um i, I just I, I i can't see any other way um um and and that's just going to be a reality
1: yeah and, um, and and just so much more flexibility I, i'm in the process in the early early stages of looking into the possibility of beginning a um a manufacturing company right just because the the breakdown in uh supply chain you know mm-hmm. and it's it's going to require a little bit of capital and things like that because it's manufacturing and i was talking to someone to, to potentially be this cfo and it was really interesting the first question she asked was will i be able to work from home mm-hmm. and i wasn't prepared for the question and i said well yeah of course i mean i don't know why i can't but it's also important to show up and be part of it but she you know it, again it's just she just wanted to work from home one or two days a week because of it doesn't make sense not to you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I think we've got to look at things like that—the different flexibility of it. You know, yeah, and um, and you get to create it. What, what's great about small businesses, is you get to create it in the most functional way possible. There's yeah. no, there's no historic like, like you said the sentimental reasons for creating structures in any one way or the other. You know, it's it's never been done like that before. You know
0: at the same time there's a loss that we should talk about yeah. about working from home and i mean i, I when i say i'm not sentimental it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that i'm hard hearted and i, I yeah. i'm a very social person also and there's a, there's a loss there's a there's a kind of isolationism mm-hmm. uh, that that is going to be suffered you know that that you know working from home is 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 hard, is also emotionally hard there is something yeah. a camaraderie that we have um, even if it's in the form of gossip or, you know, people who like to gossip or just, Hey, how are you doing? And standing up in the hallway with yeah. your co with a cup of coffee and talking about the kids or what you did on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is something restorative to the soul about that even basic superficial interaction.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you, you bring out there's a really cool, I mean, there's a bunch of really cool companies, but there's a really cool technology company in Chicago and, um, it's noted for its culture, right? And it's grown exponentially. It's been on the cover of uh, the Chicago, uh, Crane Chicago business. And it recently got purchased by one of the big online companies. And with that, the CEO left and they brought in a new CEO who happens to live in San Francisco. And what's with this COVID thing, everybody in the company is now working from home. There's 200, mm-hmm. there's 250 employees, I think. And 200 of them worked at our office up in uh, uh, the, the North, Lakeview you know really cool office i've been there a couple times done a little bit of work with them and i'm really concerned about the culture of the company if with yes. the loss of the ceo and with yes. everyone moving away if they're going to have that same vitality that you so speak of yes you know and i don't
0: think it, i don't think so
1: yeah it could lose that right and if it loses that it's going to lose the very thing because the thing that makes this company great is its soul Yeah, You know, it's a soulful enterprise. It's just really cool about what it does. But anyway, yeah, I think that's one of the things we're only going to, we don't know, Jay. We're going to see.
0: We don't know. Aristotle, the philosopher, said that we are constitutively, definitively social creatures.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're not, we're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to work. Aristotle said, use the word, word, forget the the Greek word, but Mm -hmm. to live, to work, to be alone yeah we're social creatures yes I and mean, I'm, I'm, you know i made fried chicken from for barbecue chicken for my neighbors <laughs> boys yeah you know grilled grilled it yeah and you know they were like they don't care about social distance and they're running up to me and it's like grabbing the chicken
1: dude you're making uh, jamaican chicken in the backyard i'm gonna come over you know <laughs> so hey listen man we're done uh it's been great yes thank you so much thanks everyone for listening this is mike sherrick this is jason hill this is Into the Gap. Have a great weekend. Happy Memorial Day, everyone.
0: Have fun,